Amen. God bless you tonight. We're happy to uh, be here. Not happy to not have you there tonight, but uh, we hope that you've had a wonderful day. I just wanted to say hello. I was thinking of different ones. Sister Eleanor, hello, good evening, and how are you doing? And I think of our different ones that are here, Brother, Mar- uh, Brother Martin, Sister Deanna that are over here, good evening, and Brother Jeff, Sister Julie, and uh, just, I could name, if I got the phone list, I wish I could just name you all and say good evening and hello, and how are you doing tonight, because we miss you all, and uh, I'm sure, but a Johnson to share, and we saw your pictures of seeing your grandson for the first time in your arms. I'm sure that was a special, special moment. Who would have thought these uh, these times would have happened? But we take what we can, and those are the moments where I'm sure we're pretty special. So we greet you tonight. I do. You can stand with me. We're going to turn in our scripture to Acts seven, and while you do that, I do just want to mention. I don't. Preach too often, but uh, you you are all just so gracious to send little text and and phone messages and different ones that even called my wife and then spoke to her and I just so appreciate your comments and and calls. They strengthen me, they uplift me, and and uh, it's just it doesn't. I don't think there's anything greater that uh, that I could ever hear that when the Lord can touch a heart and change a, a soul and, and strengthen somebody through the preaching and the speaking of the word that that just thrills me more than anything on this earth and and so I appreciate that and we're in this fight together we're in this fight together and tonight I'm we're going to take just a little a little thought and I'm uh, my heart's pumping like crazy and just a little nervous on on uh, on it so you pray for me and I know you're in your little rooms there gather around and we'll just Fellowship a little bit and pray the Lord just has his way. That's the most important. Maybe we'll just have a little word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, wanting to start this service, Lord, just before we speak, just asking that the author and finisher of our faith, Lord, the anchor of our whole hearts, Lord, the one that we have all our trust in, Lord, would you come tonight? Be present in each little home and front of their little screens, Lord, we pray that you would draw near to them and be a special presence in their room. And we'll just fellowship around your word. Maybe, Lord, a little prod ourselves a little bit. And, Lord, your word can chastise us a little and urge us forward. It can strengthen us, Lord. It can comfort, Lord, us. It can heal us. Lord, you're everything to us. And Lord, would you meet each individual need tonight by your word, Lord, not man's words, but your word, Lord, we pray commit myself to you and the people that are listening to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read Acts verse, chapter 7. And we'll start in verse 44. This is Stephen as he's speaking before the council. It says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. And But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit, the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, what house will ye build me? saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? 
Amen. That's what we're going to just speak there tonight. You can have your seats. I want to speak, what house will you build me? And just take a little thought. I've just been spending some time in uh, in stature of a perfect man. And so we're just going to just fellowship around that a little bit. And uh, it's a, a really big subject. And, and uh, I just pray that we can maybe just encourage you or strengthen you in that. But what house will you build me is... As Stephen was saying, and building's quite a process. You know, to build something, you, you have to, uh, there's, there's a lot of time that takes in there. A lot of times we build a home or something, we, you know, we wish that could happen overnight or, you know, uh, but, uh, but building takes time and it takes effort and it, and it, uh, it, there's an incredible amount of aspects in building. And if we even just take a look at building a house, as Stephen says, what house will you build me? But before you build, you, you have to, there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of designing. You have to design. What do you, what do you like in this house? And, you know, there's certain things you dislike and you look around and you shop and you, and you look at different home magazines and for the technological people, they're on house and, and they're on Pinterest and, and you're looking and searching all over for all the different, uh, features and things you'd like to put into your design. And so that, that takes, that can take a long time just to even do that. And then once you even get to that point, then you can engineer it. And then there's the architect and all the different engineers from the structural and the mechanical and all these different things and they put all these plans together and you get what you call a blueprint and and then you got to go to the permitting and they're they're going back and forth the city and what all the regulations are and what you need to do and setbacks from the property it's a process building is a process it's not a overnight thing that we that we do and so that's all pre pre pre-building and so then when we get to building You've got the foundation, of course, is your very beginning, and you, you dig into the dirt if you need to, and you want to get down to to a solid ground, and you got your framing then that goes on top of that. And I'm I'm, I'm not a builder, but I'm just going to skip through all these processes. And there's the roof, of course, and then there's the things inside, the functional aspects of your windows and your doors and your plumbing and your electrical and your HVAC and and all these different pieces that are going inside your house. And then you got the siding. You know, what does it look like on the outside? And you have gutters and soffit and fascia, drywall, paint, interior, finishing, carpentry, finished flooring, bathrooms, kitchens. There's a whole lot that goes into building a house. So it's not a, it's not a, a small and even a simple process of building. But if you go into building, uh, I would have to say, and, and just with a little bit of, of uh, looking in there, I'd have to say the foundation would have to be probably the most important part of your building. If your foundation was was off, you're in trouble as you work through. It may seem simple as, you know, it looks, it's pretty rudimentary. You know, when you look at, if you look at the, the foundation compared to maybe the finished structure, it, it looks pretty boring. You know, that foundation is pretty blonde and it just, it's, you know, it's just a lot of concrete. Maybe it's just a slab. Maybe it's a footing or something. And, but the biggest, the biggest reason for this is that any mistakes, so the why it's so important is any mistakes that you make in the foundation generally just extrapolate and get so much worse as you go forward into building. And if it's out of square at the beginning, it's way out of square at the end. And out of level, well, you're going to fight that all the way through. And and so that foundation is critical that you get it right, dead on, right at the gate. And so the, the foundation, the, the basic part of it is really just to support. 
It supports the entire load of the building, really on its shoulders, and it's there to hold that, both the, the, the load of the house and then what would go into the house. And so it also, your foundation is critical. Uh, of course, we would know the, the parable, and we'll maybe go there, but it's critical in, in forces of nature. And of course, if the storms would blow and, and the rains would come, and et cetera, is your foundation is, is very critical there to make sure that it's standing. And then a third most, one of the most important features is it actually separates from moisture. Your foundation keeps moisture away from coming into the home and causing that, that moisture to come in and cause some problems. But, so that's our, our foundation of a, of a natural home is vital to its structure. Even though it might be, might be one of the more boring aspects, it's vital. Ephesians 2.18 and 22 says, For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And ye are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Amen. In whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the spirit. And so Jesus Christ, which we would all, this, some of this is very, you would say maybe fundamental or very, very basic. But, you know, I was reading through the, the scriptures and, and listening to the message and I, you know, it's really deep to me. <laughs> it was just incredible just to, to, to go into this aspect. So just go with me on, on tonight and, and if it just seems really basic to you, maybe it's for your little ones as uh, maybe they need a little, a little bit of this. But Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. Now you've probably heard that a whole lot of times, but I bet you there's a lot of you on the screen right now and maybe some in the building that you might not have ever even seen a cornerstone. You might not even know what a cornerstone is. And, and so we can read it and we, you know, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the headstone. He's the stone that the builders rejected. And we'll go into maybe some of these things. We hear these terms, but you have no clue of maybe what that even means. Okay. And so that's why I'm here to just talk about Jesus being our chief cornerstone. And that cornerstone historically is one of the most important parts of a building. The total weight of an edifice rested on this particular stone. Okay, because this the scripture, it, we're going back into the times of the Bible days, and that's where these terms are coming out of. And so we have to go back there, go back to where this was, was came from, the, the, the eastern part of the world, and how did they build? And so this cornerstone, if it was removed, it would collapse the whole structure. And the cornerstone was also the key to keeping the walls straight. The builders would take sightings along the edges of the part of the building, and if the cornerstone was set properly, the stonemasons then could use that and be assured that all the other corners of the building would be at appropriate angles as well. So it became a symbol for that which held life together. That's the cornerstone. And so you can see why they were using this term in Scripture, that Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. He's there keeping the wall straight, Making sure all the angles are exact right at the beginning of building. It's the first block that went down. The beginning of all was the cornerstone to ensure. And if it was removed, remove Jesus Christ from your life and you are crumbling. And so that's our cornerstone on our life. Amen. Again, basic but critical. Say that foundation's nothing. It's vital to your life, your spiritual life. Amen. Isaiah says, Isaiah 26, 16. Therefore... 
Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, amen, a sure foundation, and he that believeth shall not make haste. Amplified says, he who believes or who trusts and relies on and adheres to that stone, here's a critical piece, will not be disturbed or give way in sudden panic. Amen. So there is our chief cornerstone, Christ, the surest foundation you can have and that you can build on. He's our cornerstone tonight. Amen. The keystone that we need to make sure that we are set around. And he was the beginning of, of this of this building. Amen. Already into the water. <clears throat> Am I really loud in here? I feel like I'm cranking. I just need more amens then from the trickle of people we have here. <laughs> Amen. Brother Brown says, last Sunday night he goes, I preached on the key. And he says, the key is faith. Faith holds the key and the key is the scripture and Christ is the door. He says, so faith takes the little hinges of the scripture and unlocks the glories and good of God out to his people. See, so it's faith that holds the key that unlocks Christ to the people. It unlocks it and reveals it. All right. So faith here, we, if we're talking about a the stature, if we go into a stature of a perfect man, if you know the message, you read your scripture and we'll go to that scripture in a, in a short little bit. But you know that faith is the bottom of that foundation of that of that pyramid of the stature of a perfect man in the scripture that Peter talks about. Now, Jesus being our chief cornerstone is who our faith rests on. Our faith rests on Jesus Christ. That's where our faith is. And so our faith unlocks, Brother Branham saying, Christ to the people. That's why it's the foundation of our house. As we're building, what house will you build me? And our, 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 per, the perfect man, what, what is our base? Our foundation is our faith in Christ. Our faith in Jesus alone is what we're building our, our stature on. Amen? So today he says, we're trying to take that same key to unlock the way to become a virtuous Christian in the stature of God. That and to be a living tabernacle for God to dwell in. And that is, in, that is where, that's where we want to go is a living tabernacle for God to dwell in. And, and I, I just really, I'm just, well, You know, we could just live our live in our our world, and we can go about our day to day business, and we can and we've spoken, we've heard many many messages, and and uh, and stirring ourselves and who, of who we are, and and if we go back to even Sunday, and Brother Tom was speaking on being Christ like, and we've heard it, and we've heard it, and it's now start being it, and we we we're being admonished in that in that regard, and I I'm just I just want to prod ourselves tonight that it's not just a it's not just a term. It's not just, uh, you know, I heard the service and I say, amen, I'm going to be Christ-like. There's more to it than that. It's got to be more real than that. There's got to be more than just words or, or an amen to a service. It's got to be part of us and we've got to be able to build. What does it take? What is that stature of a perfect man? And so I want to go into that and it, it'll, there's a whole lot more responsibility on us as a, as a, as a Christian. You want to call ourselves a Christian. If we are Christ-like and we're a Christian, take that title or that name, we better live to it. We better live up to it. And, uh, and there's, there's, there's a lot there that we, that we get to do. And I've just been really just almost smoked. 
uh, just reading and, and said, Lord, Lord, help, help me, help me as we, what house will you build me? I, I want a home that you can dwell in. I want a temple that you can dwell in. Amen. So faith being a revelation itself, who Jesus Christ is to you as something that's revealed to you now is the key. It's the foundation of your building of this temple for God to dwell in. Now, faith, faith, it's not a, it's not, Brother Bram talks about faith, and I thought it was very significant that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The scripture in Hebrews was the very first title that Brother Bram spoke, and we should all, we would all know this. Faith is the substance, the very first message, yet it also being also the foundation of what our spiritual man is built on, on faith. There's a, there's a connection there, being the very beginning, faith being the substance. Now, substance in the scripture, that word actually means a setting or a place or a thing put under or a substructure or a foundation. That's what that's, that word substance actually means in the scripture. It's that which has a foundation. It's firm. That which has actual existence. Faith has actual existence. Amen. It's not just a, you know, it's, it's nothing. It's not, it's not a hope so, you know, well, I, I hope I have faith for my healing. You don't have faith if you're just hoping. I, I hope it's not there. That's, that's not there. It's something that you have. It's been revealed to you and you know, regardless of the situation, that that which you believe for will come to pass. It's real. It's not, it's not a nothing. You know, I don't question and we'll maybe use it, but I don't question my faith in Jesus Christ in his saving power and that he saved me. I don't, my, I don't question my faith and, well, well, did he die on the cross for me or, or am I saved? Did he take my sins? That, that's, that is, that's not even, it's just, it's not even there. It's anchored deep. I, I believe it with all my heart. There's not, I don't even, I don't even wonder. It's, it's almost tangible. That same faith that you have that saved you is the same faith that you can use to, for healing, for deliverance, Whatever your need is, it's the same faith that you can, that you can use. And we'll get to where Brother Brown talks about that. So it's a, it's a, it's a substance. It's an actual existence. Now we know it comes by hearing, not just by, but hearing the word of God. Brother Brown says, now if you only hear, faith cometh by hearing, but hearing is not faith. And we spoke this before a little bit ago. A loaf of bread is purchased for 25 cents. Right, and he says, now this, this 20, but 25 cents, it's not the loaf of bread. See, he said, hearing's done. Hearing only brings the word that produces faith. Okay, hearing the word of God produces faith and faces the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, but Brown was talking about a loaf of bread and I thought for even the little ones, I said, okay, well, if I, if I had, Brother Brown d- d- uh, gave the example with 25 cents. I said, okay, if I have a $10 bill and I gave it to some young little chap on the video here, and I could give that to you and you could, you know, go and buy the biggest Starbucks frap you can. It's all yours. It'd be like a Vante size, like this big. I hope that would cover that. Right? You take that, that little guy would take that $10 and he would be ecstatic. Because that Vante caramel frappuccino with extra caramel is, it's just, it's there. It's real to him in this $10 bill. He pretty much has it. It's so tangible to him. He's like, I got it. 
And it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, Brother Bram says, it wouldn't matter where you had to go, how long you had to travel, how many miles you had to go to get that. This was just as good as that caramel frappuccino. Amen. And okay. And that's what your faith is. It's just as good. It wouldn't matter how many, how long you had to wait, what kind of, what kind of trial you had to go through to get there, what devil would throw at you. No matter what, the faith you had is so tangible. It wouldn't matter that you hold on to that until you have it. Amen. That's faith. That's real faith. That's foundational faith. Amen. You know, foundation, you don't see it. When your house gets built, generally you don't see a foundation. Now, you know, some areas you might, but you don't see it. It's, it's usually, you know, invisible, sometimes buried, and it's sitting under a building. But the building's there, <laughs> therefore the foundation's there. Amen? So sometimes you might not be able to see your faith, but the fact that you're a born-again, temple, blood-bought son or daughter of God, cleansed by his blood, living a victorious life, tells me there's faith there. Amen. So you, when you're walking victorious, well, I don't have faith. You do have faith because you're walking, you're living, you're in the face of the enemy. And that proof that there's foundational faith that you need to use in your daily walk. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Bram says, he goes, now most people have faith, especially a son or daughter of God that's been born again. Blood bought, he says, now people have faith, but they just don't try to use what faith they got. I said, oh God. He said, this in time tested faith. He says, I believe that every person that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ has to have a certain amount of faith. Cause you're, you believe you're saved. So you have to have a certain amount of faith. But the reason that it's never used too much is because you never put it to use very much. I said, oh my Lord. Are, how can that be? Are we, how are we, help us that we're not actually just having our faith just sit there dormant and inactive when we need to be putting it to work. We have real needs in our body. We have real needs in the body of Christ and those that need healing and Lord, let's put our faith to work. It's there. Never let it be. I just said, Lord, just never let it be that that our faith is just sitting there. He says, now faith will just do anything that you have needed of being done if you'll put it to work. So, Lord, help us. Help us put our faith to work. Help us realize what's there with the power that we have in our foundational aspect of our spiritual being. A faith that's there, born right out of out of your uh, your spiritual birth and faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a hope so faith. That goes nowhere, you know. Well, Brother Brown says, well, I'll just go out. I'll call the elders, you know, let them anoint me with oil. I'll pray over it. You know, I'll go up. Well, maybe I may. I'm, well, I'm going to be healed. He says, see, you're making yourself. You don't watch now. You're going to make yourself just worked up. And then when you pass through, oh, I still don't see. He says, see, there you was. You didn't have faith. Don't don't just go up like a little hope so and. Well, you know, maybe I'll just go. It's, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. He says your genuine faith will do it right there. Your genuine faith will make it so real. Look at that little woman. And he talks about the little woman with the blood issue. As she came up through the crowd. And all she knew, she said, I just need to touch his garment. It's all that had to happen for her. If I can just touch his garment, I'm going to be healed. That was the sole focus. And her faith rested in that. I just got to get to Christ. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, all will be well. But her says, and when she touched it, 
to prove that it stopped. It stopped Jesus and he turned around and said, who touched me? Who touched me? And we know the story and the disciples saying, everybody's touching you. You're in the crowd. You can imagine what it would have been like, Brother Peter. But he said, who touched me? That perfect faith, that same perfect faith tonight will touch Jesus Christ as it did then. Amen. The woman come with a perfect faith. And you know what? I was thinking, you know, we don't, you can't come to an altar tonight. You can't come for prayer tonight. Someone can't come and anoint you with oil here at the church tonight. But you can, right where you're at, touch the living Jesus Christ. That, that, that's what you can do. You can reach out as that young, that lady did and said, I have a need. I have a need in my life. I need to touch Jesus. There's, they don't matter this building here. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You draw on the faith that you had to believe that you're saved and reach and say, Lord, I'm touching your garment tonight. Amen. Amen. Where two or three are gathered, in my name believing, there he is. There's more than two or there's many of you that have two or three in your home. It doesn't matter. What's your need, as the song would say? What's your cry? What's your mountain? The faith is there for you to access that, amen? How about this centurion? I was, I love the story of this centurion who came to Jesus and he entered into Capernaum, as the scripture said. And he said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick with palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I'll come and heal him. I'll come and heal him. Just like that. Some of you said, oh, wonderful. Let's go. I need you at my home. Jesus, come. I mean, what a privilege that would have been for Jesus to walk right into his home. And, and he did, but he didn't even. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Amen? Speak the word. That's all he needed from Christ was to speak the word. And we've been hearing over and over and over again that if we are Christ now, then we're just going to speak the word. That was Jesus Christ then. But you are the anointed now in this day. So speak it. And it will be healed. Hold on to that faith. Amen? But Abraham says omnipotent, omnipresent, omnificient, infinite. That's God. So when they make phone call and say, oh, pray, that contact and your faith brings God. It's the thing that brings the prayer and God together on the scene. Amen. Faith changes from here to here and brings together. He said, speak the word. All I want you to do is say the word and everything is all right is what the centurion said. Just say the word. Speak it. You say, I'm healed, or I'm delivered, or I have whatever your need is. Brother Peter, you prayed. You said, Lord, I need my eyesight. Amen? We're hearing it just tonight, a testimony of that happening right now. Brother Nathan, amen, I need my back. Lord, the word is being spoke. I need my healing right now. It can be just like that where you're sitting at home. You don't need to be in a church. You can sit in your pew. You can get on your knees and say, Lord, I have a need right now. Amen? Sister Lisa St. John, I have a need right now, and I need you just Speak the word, and I'm speaking it tonight, straight to you. Speak it and receive it in Jesus Christ's name. Abraham says, now faith does rest, does the rest of it. Faith does the rest. So you just have faith for a foundation. He says, all Christianity, all you are, all you'll ever be, is based upon faith in the word, which is Jesus Christ. He says, that's the reason I believe the word. See, I can't put my faith on nothing else. And that's our foundation. That's the base layer is our faith in Christ. Amen.
So I ask you, what are you putting your faith in? We're going through quite an interesting time. And people are being very, you know, their whole world is being turned upside down. And I think a lot of people are finding out that what they've actually had their foundation on has been just sinking sand. And it's been a lot of sinking sand. And worlds are changing. Paradigms are shifting. And people are going into mental troubles and battles and because their world is, is totally falling apart. I say, what's your foundation? What's your foundation? You're putting it on politics? You're putting it on entertainment? People can't even go to their NHL games anymore, their NBA games no more. They're, they're stuck out. Just It's been reruns for how many months now? They're going insane because that was their foundation. That's all they lived for was the sports. And it's gone. Just like that. Gone. Ain't no movies being produced. There's nothing. And it's all sinking sand. And you don't know it. You didn't know your foundation was on that until a time like now. And now it's just all like quicksand and just sunk down like we know the parable in Matthew. As Jesus said, and you've put your foundation on sinking sand. The storms have come and you're completely falling apart. I'm saying get a foundation in Jesus Christ tonight. Let's go beyond the foundation. Nobody stops building at a foundation. They don't step back and be like, I'm done. That looks beautiful. <laughs> Never. Never does that happen. If that happens, you're walking by and you're like, what happened there? They ran out of money? They ran out of materials? Like, what, there's something's a problem, right, Luis? There's, <laughs> nobody stops at the foundation. It's most important, but it's just the beginning. And scripture says, being confident of this very thing. He which hath begun a good work in you, a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? So if he started a work in you, and he's got a foundation laid, and your faith is anchored, it ain't going to stop there. You're not going to be some ruin and left to the side. And, you know, well, you know what? I'm done. That didn't work out. It wasn't quite the way I wanted it. And off you go, and, and uh, you know, Oren is left by the wayside because, no, no, it's not the case. He said, Oren, if he started a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Amplified says, I'm convinced and confident on this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? So if you started it, he will finish it. Amen. You're not going to be left half built. But God gave a blueprint, his word, on how to follow and to build this house, this temple. Again, what house will you build me? Why? Well, just for a moment, we'll just step through again because this has been preached in different angles many different times. Because God wants to reflect himself through you. That's the, that's the full comprehensive plan that God pl- has put together because he wants to come down into a people and reflect his life through you. So he puts together his word to say, this is how, this is how this is done. This is how you build this, this temple that I'm pleased to dwell in. All right. But Abraham says, know that God is in his church. The church is now supposed to be taking the place of Christ, carrying on his ministry. 
Amen. This is not just Brother Branham. This is the church. This is you. This is me to carry on the ministry of Christ. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. But Branham says, yet a little while the world seeth me no more, yet you shall see me. Why? Because I'm in you. Amen. Into the end of the world, carrying on his work. Okay, and now he talks about Stephen, and he says, but a body thou hast prepared for me, a body that God dwells in the stature of a man reflecting himself into that being perfect worship. You say, well, we've heard this before, Brother Michael, we heard that's God's whole plan, is to point us to Christ so that Everything God could come down and dwell in flesh again to have a bride that's exactly like him. And so he said, well, why are we hearing this? Because that's the word coming forth, trying to get you to the place where God says, I want to dwell in you. I want you to be a temple that I can dwell in. He can't dwell in just the foundation. You need to build the structure. You need to build the body. You need to build the house. Right? God's not living in the crawl space. So where do we go from there? You say, well, my faith's anchored in Christ. All right. That's the beginning. God condescending to his creation. God wants to be worshipped. The word mean God means object of worship. It's God trying to condition his people so he can get from them what he created them for. He's wanting to get from you what he created you for. He had a purpose. He never made you to be something else besides a son and daughter of God. Brother Brown says, if you've missed that, you've missed the mark. You've missed the mark. If you've missed that, God made you so he can, he said, I'll say it again for you. And it's God trying to condition his people so he can get from them what he created them for. He never made you to be something else besides a son and daughter of God. And if you've missed that, of being a son and daughter of God, you've missed the mark. My goodness. Lord, help us not miss the mark. Let's turn to Second Peter 1. Wow, you see I'm hearing flickers of the pages. <laughs> I sure hope they're flickering where you are at home and turning those pages of your of your Bible. All right, Second Peter one. We're going to linger on this now. It's kind of the next part of the service. We just laid a foundation about a foundation, and uh, now we're just going to go into the next part here. And Lord, help us a little bit as we as we work through this building. Second Peter one, Simon Peter. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. But Abraham says, this is Peter speaking to the church, speaking to a believer. Though them that have obtained like precious faith. This isn't just to the world. This is very to a very specific set of people. All right. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to the glory, to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. All right. This is an exceeding great and precious promise that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. 
All right, the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And if you listen to Statue of a Perfect Man, and I would admonish you all to do that, is to go and listen. And But the scripture is saying, having escaped the corruption of this world, God has saved us from the corruption and lust and all the worldly desires. And he's that we might be a partaker of his divine nature, of Christ's nature. This is what he's trying to point us to. And besides this, giving all diligence, diligence, that's not laissez-faire. That's not, well, I'll try. That is putting your effort. That's putting your everything into it. That is giving all diligence. Nothing else matters. This matters. I'm putting all diligence into this, all right? Add to your faith. We've just talked about your faith being the foundation. Virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Now, you've heard that from a young child, probably, if you've grown up in the message. And you've maybe even made the pyramids. And you know all about how that types to the church ages and the church age messenger. But all it is, I pray, I hope it's not just a little object lesson and or just some pages. We're going to dig into this a little bit. This means a whole lot more. This actually is everything right here. This is your life. This is whether you attain Christ-like. This is actually whether you attain being a Christian is sitting right here. Get, get into Statue of a Perfect Man, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Because all this right here is the divine nature of God. Yeah. And the capstone can't come into your life if you aren't this. Yeah. And that put a whole lot of, put me in a sober moment. I said, oh God, help me get here. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if these things aren't in you, you're barren and unfruitful. And if you wonder why your life isn't bearing the fruits of Christ, it's because you are not in the stature of a perfect man. Christ is not able to be building on you. Somehow you've stymied that and you stopped construction. You need to get back to the word. Maybe it's getting back to the foundation. Maybe you need to pull it all aside. You've been putting bricks up and it's crumbling right now. You need to get back to this. Because this is the beginning. This is how then you can be fruitful and not barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. This is scripture. This is scripture. I know we can have wonderful, joyous services, and those are wonderful, but we're needing, we're at a time, there ain't no willy-nilly around here. We gotta bear down and figure, Lord, I gotta be fruitful. I need to be in the stature of a perfect man. What am I missing? What am I building? What house are you building him tonight? Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're saying, Lord, I make my calling election sure. Do I have everything in order? Is there something in my life that's not right? 
Do I need to do something? Where's the building of this house gone awry? Am I where I need to be, oh Lord? We're making our calling and election sure. Lord, you called me. My faith is anchored, but Lord, I don't want nothing, nothing that's going to hinder this stature, this house that I'm building, Lord. Hinder you from building me into what you have for me. This is making our election and our calling sure. If you do these things, if you do these things, adding to your faith, Ye shall never fall. You want a victorious life? Do these things. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that not an incredible bit of scripture? But it is, it can give you so much uh, strength and what you need to be victorious. And we're going to go into this. Add virtue. Alright, these are the qualities, are, these are Christ's attributes in you. And so now Brother Branham said, at the very beginning here, the beginning is being born again, faith in Jesus Christ, and being born again, that's your foundation. That is the very beginning. Alright, and we know this and we went through this. But now, so faith is the at the base, and that's your strength. That's the bottom. And now here we are. Peter says, "Add to faith your faith, virtue." Now, virtue. We think many people think, "Well, that's just being clean and virtuous." Nope, that's not what that is. That's power and strength is what that virtue is. Add to your faith virtue, power and strength. That's actually dunamis is, I believe, the word that is used there. And that's a pretty powerful word in the Greek. And that's what that word is. So that's not just willy-nilly, well, I'm all clean. No, that's power. Add your faith some strength. Add your faith some muscles. Add your faith some burliness so that you can take on the enemy as you are now building this temple that God is going to dwell in. Amen? Strengthen in the word of God. Building yourselves up. Encouraging yourself in the word. How? How to add virtue? I was just thinking, see, you know what? We have a message called perfect strength by perfect weakness. So how, how do I, how do I get that strength? It's in the word and it's surrendering your life and allowing him by your weakness, his strength then emits from you. So you say, well, I'm, it's not you adding. He living through you out of a surrendered life as you believed on him and say, Lord, I've died out. There's nothing in me left. I'm completely surrendered. And then God can add virtue on top of that faith because he's got a surrendered life now able to work through him. And the power of your experience can now work and manifest through your body. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11 says, and what more can I say for the time shall fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Are these mighty things? Powerful things with strength and power. They did this quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword out of weakness. 
were made strong. It's not your virtue. It's not your ability. It's His virtue through you, through a surrendered life, through weakness, through I, Lord, I'm, I'm unable. I'm, I have nothing to offer. No, you let that go. I have nothing to offer. What am I doing standing here? But I said, Lord, just take me, use me. And through my weakness, you are made strong. And that's how you, they landed in Hebrews 11. Amen. And that's how you can conquer and be powerful and, and the dunamis power come through you in this Laodicean age. Amen. Adding virtue. God's heroes out of weaknesses, out of weakness were made strong. Humility rejected, cast out. But Abraham said, know it nothings. Know it nothings. You need to become a know it nothing. And God then can work through you. Sheep, totally insufficient of defense. Too strong to yield, he says. I got a sense. I, I know he's saying the opposite of what you want to be. I'm just too strong. I don't need it. Can't yield. That you will not even get past foundation layer one. With that, with that attitude. With that, uh, that type of mental attitude. I got sense. I know how to do this. I know how to live my life. Not at all. David. Mighty David. But the Psalms are filled with his weaknesses and God's strength. I just have like five. And then Brother John actually hit these on Wednesday. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. Mighty David. Mighty David. No, it was God. My strength. God, O Lord, my strength hates thee to help me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength. Brother John, you just... Gave this to us in power last Wednesday. Whom shall I be afraid? Behold, God, my salvation, I will trust and I'll be afraid. The Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song through weakness. Oh God, it's your strength. It's your power that will go through you when you just give it all, surrender it all and let him work through you. And that is adding virtue to your faith. But Abraham says, but we must give it out. To be like Jesus is living for others. True Christianity, living for others. To be like Jesus, he said, the Bible said, we read here in the book of Luke, that same woman that touched the hem of a garment and virtue went out of him. Jesus, virtue, power went out of him. Right? That's what it says. And if you're going to be like him, we must have virtue then. We must have it to be like him, he says. In the first song, he says, to be like Jesus. He says, first song and him, one of the greatest. Well, he said, I've got to have virtue and to uh, and a past that so that it can pass forward. That's what he says. That it can pass forward. You know what pay it forward is? <laughs> That's what you're doing with your virtue that's been added to you. You are actually then giving it out. To be like Christ, you have to give that out. I can think of one that I have in my notes. He says, but you gotta have it first. You gotta have it first before you can give it out, right? So you need to add, you need to totally surrender, and then now you're gonna give that out. And I can think of Peter and James as they are walking to the temple, and there was the one beside on the road, and he needed, he was lame, and his bones weren't working, and he said, oh, alms, alms, you know, I need, I need alms, and Peter, scripture says, he looked on him. He looked on him and he said, what did he say? He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee. <laughs> Rise up and walk. 
Amen. If you've got the dunamis power in you, you've added virtue because you've surrendered. You can walk further, Peter, and there's a need and you can say, I don't got no silver and gold. I got nothing to give you, but I got Jesus Christ and I got the power through it, the authority of God's word to say, rise and be healed. Glory, brother Peter. That's not just Bible days. And Lord, help us to go out and start using the faith that's in us and the virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. Judging right from wrong. But Abraham says, knowledge, not worldly, spiritual knowledge of the word. Knowing what God said, do what God said. That's right. There it is. It's not like, whoa, need to know all this wisdom and knowledge of the world. No, no, no. Knowing what God said, doing what he said. <laughs> there it is. It's all, it all lays in, in the word. It all lays in Christ. Amen? Because that spirit that you, when you be, were born again, it's now just flowing in you. You've completely surrendered. And he's rising up. He's building the temple so he can dwell in. And so now he's saying... Just, Know his word. Do his word. Then if you got that and can believe all things, that he's the same in all things, the word says is true, you punctuate that, everyone, with an amen. amen. It's not like, well, is that right? I, I went to this website and it said this and it. No, no. God's word said it. I believe it. Amen. Just like that. There's no reasoning. There's no mental gymnastics that you got to do. And Well, I heard this from this person. No, no. If it's not the word of God, then you say, get thee behind me and follow the word. That's knowledge, spiritual knowledge. Amen. Amen. Oh, the Bible has lost its power. There's no such things as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh-uh. Don't add that. It won't work. It'll fall off like putting clay on a rock. It won't stand and it'll crumble. And so has your temple crumbled because you put certain things and certain ideas and certain websites and certain places you've gone. You've listened to certain friends and your building, your temple has crumbled. You had an experience maybe at a camp. You came to a service. You said, Lord, I believe you. And then you went away and you looked at certain places. You heard certain things and you deviated from the knowledge, spiritual knowledge of God. And it's crumbled. We need to get back to first, second Peter one. Don't mix your knowledge fed from worldly influences. Don't mix with God's word. Don't let fashions. Don't let social culture. If God's word said it's wrong, if it says anything about it, then that's what you stick to. You make sure your dress is in line with the word. You make sure your hairdo is in line with the word. You make sure your your conversation is in line with the word. You make sure the things you see, the things you listen to, it's along in line with the word of God. Because if it's not, your temple will crumble. I know I'm being hard tonight. And I'm sorry. But I'm preaching to myself. If we are not this temple that the capstone can't come into, that love cannot come and fit so perfectly on top of our life, what are we living for? Just not walking around to be a half Christian. 
some goody two shoes. I re, I listen to the message. I believe it. No. If our life is not emanating Christ in its entirety, we've missed something. Help us, Lord. Add to your knowledge temperance. Temperance doesn't mean stop drinking alcohol, but Abraham says no. He says temperance. We're talking about a Holy Spirit temperance. That means how to control your tongue. That's pretty simple. Not a tattler. How to control your temper. Not fly off every time. Speak cross. When someone speaks cross to you. Oh my, he says. Boy, a lot of us fall off before we get started, aren't we? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Lord help us, you know. Then we wonder why God is not in his church doing miracles and things that he used to do. Yes, sir. See? Temperance. I just, we can all just look inward. We say, Lord, if that's an area that I, that I somehow started to put my own hands in, I surrender. Lord, would you come in? Now would temperance be added to this temple? Would temperance be added to, to this house? I don't want to hinder a miracle. I don't want to hinder a healing. I don't want to hinder a deliverance or a victory because I'm spouting off and talking sharp here and tattling on this or selfish this and bickering that. This is right down home. This is where we live every day. Bickering about this person and talking behind the back, behind the backs of this person. Brother Bram says, then we wonder why God's not in his church doing miracles and things that they used to do. If we all took that to heart and said, you know what? The next time that someone is saying something about somebody else and they're tearing someone down and you're a little bit, you're hindering a miracle in this church. That's the message. Add temperance. How to answer in kindness when wrath is spoke to you. When you're riled upon, riled not back. Let him be your example. You say, wow, this is just simple things. This is Second Peter 1. And this is building a temple that Christ wants to dwell in. He wants to dwell in you and you're hindering him from dwelling in you when we don't allow that to be added onto our knowledge. Temperance, when you're riled on. Jesus, our example just look in the scriptures. They hit him. They beat him. They pulled his beard. They covered his face. Said, Who's hitting you? They called him Beelzebub. It's called him the devil. Someone walk up to you and say, you're the devil. <laughs> That's pretty strong. And it was God himself. God himself. And they're saying, you're the devil. But he never responded back. You know how to have temperance? I was just pondering, Lord, and, and I, prayer life. When your prayer life is not there, you just get real chippy. You find that you're a little coarse. And if you're in prayer, I tell you right now, you cannot act that way. You can't, you can't be on your knees talking to God and his atmosphere is in and his presence draws near and then you get out and, yeah, you didn't know what so and so did. I mean, I can't believe it. it's completely. You can never do that. 
So I say, if you're trying to, if you're trying to get temperance, if you're saying, Lord, I need temperance added to my life, just get in prayer and watch that completely change and your world will turn right around. Add to your temperance patience. I'm going to try and really speed up here. Patience. Brother Brown says, what kind of patience? First thing is have patience with God. (laughs) Have patience with God. If you've got real genuine faith, you'll have real genuine patience. That's what Brother Brown says. Amen. Because faith worketh patience. He says that. He says, that's all. You got patience. He says, well, I asked him last night to heal me. And I'm just as sick this morning. Oh, my. What patience. God told Abraham in 25 years later, 25 years later, years later, there wasn't a sign. <laughs> he was still believing. He was patient with God. All right. You, he, your faith is going to get tried and you will then be adding patience in that. It's like a double bonus. <laughs> if you got genuine faith, you got real patience. There you, you know, and look, we can look at Noah. I, I am, it's an easy one to look at in the scripture because it's 120 years. If you want to see someone that had patience, it was Noah after preaching for so long. All right. And then he finally gets into the ark. Finally. And the door shuts. Things are going to happen. Right? Things are going to happen in the ark. It's going to rain. But our brown says he pulls his raincoat on. <laughs> it's going to rain. And what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Right? He said, and his wife and his daughter-in-laws and his son. And like, you know, Dad, did, did you? Did, maybe something was missed. Are you really certain? It's going to rain, he says. It's going to rain, he says. Well, Daddy, he says, this is six days. Imagine six days being in the ark. He says, tomatoes are getting thrown at the ark. I can, I can just hear the, the mocking and the scoffing. As that family stood in the sat or stood in the ark, pacing six days now, waiting for the rain to come. That after 120 years, things looked like they were happening. And God's still making him wait with patience. So if you're in a situation, think of Noah, and you're never going to be in that dire of a time. But he waited and waited and God even made him wait just a little bit more. And that's patience. That is a godly patience that he had through faith in what God told him was going to happen. He said, and the people are laughing and throwing tomatoes. Look here, what are you going to do? His son is talking, but Brandon is dramatizing. He says, it will rain. God said so. Amen. If God, if you're needing healing, God came. God bore the stripes. God went to Calvary. He bore that for your healing. God did that. It's in his word. He said so. And you hold on to that. I could go more, but I'll keep keep going as fast as I can. You know, and we are in the same day, uh, us in this day. We have, we have patience. Because we have waited and are waiting and will wait for this resurrection. But Abraham says, waited all this time for a resurrection. There'll be one. Don't worry. <laughs> God promised it. We'll be like Noah. It might, I don't know if it's 120 years. 
I'm just going to go to a nap, Brother Brown says. It don't really matter. I think I even have the quote. That's exactly what he says. You might take a little nap before it happens, but you'll wake up at that time. He promised it. See, a nap, a nap called death. It's just a nap. Job, he's been napping, he said, for 4,000 years. Amen. Don't worry. He'll wake up. He's still waiting. He's got patience. There's a patience there. And we're waiting for that resurrection. Amen. There we are. We're adding that patience onto our temperance. Glory. Now, keep our eyes on that prize. Amen. We're not going to let them get glazed over. Because if we if we lack these things, we get blinded and don't see afar off. All right. So we do not want that. We want our eagle eyes. Wide open, amen? All right. Fifthly, godliness. Add godliness. Oh my, Brother Brown says, godliness to be added. He says, I looked four or five dictionaries, he said, and I couldn't even find what it meant. And he finally, he didn't have Google. He didn't have all these things that he could, but he went through. Brother Brown, four and five dictionaries, trying to find, what does this mean exactly? And he says, godliness means to be like God. Oh my, he says. <laughs> then after patience then to be like God. You say, whoa. Brother Branham says, you say, I can't do that, Brother Branham. He says, oh yes, you can. <laughs> Jesus said, be ye perfect. <laughs> Amen. Be ye therefore perfect. Why? Because Jesus' blood cleanses you. Amen. He looks through the blood. He says, I don't see all of your mistakes and all of your issues. I just see the blood of Calvary. And therefore, you're perfect in his eyes. Amen. <laughs> That's adding godliness. I was just thinking, you know, uh, this, this is just me. And, and hopefully I'm not too far off. But my, I said, you know what? Satan wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like God and he was cast out of heaven. And here God comes back around to his bride and says, you need to be like me. And it's not an offense to him. Satan had all the wrong motives. But here we are humble and surrendered to the Lord. I don't want to be worshipped. You are God alone. And we worship you. He says, I need you to be like me. Be godliness. Be like God. He said, oh, oh God, I surrender. And I want to be like you. And he says, yeah, I'm just going to add that on top of your patience. I'm going to add that on. You can be a temple that I can dwell in. If you can be like me. My blood is there. So you're perfect before my eyes. My goodness. It's not by our filthy righteousness. Not by our rags. It's by his righteousness that we are made perfect in him. Amen. Amen. So here's Christ. Now that's what it's saying. Christ's life, life is pushing and nurturing through you. And as you're feeding on his word, as you're strengthening yourself, you're encouraging yourself in his word, the knowledge of his word, that's all building up this stature of a perfect man. Amen. Bodily kindness. On top of godliness. And we're just now moving through here. Makes... I'm going to read this quote because it's incredible. I, Dad, this is what I was talking about last. We were talking about this. He says, Then how can a man say that he's a Christian and feel the Holy Ghost deny that the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He says, how? How can you say you're a Christian and deny the word? How can you be a Christian and, and, and believe in Trinity? How can you believe, be a Christian and believe this and say you believe this word and baptize in titles? It's impossible. Impossible. So that's the Holy Ghost in you will punctuate every word that this says. He says, Amen, Amen, Amen. 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 (laughs) 
When the word says anything, you say, that's truth. Amen. Because you agree with the word. You've agreed with God. You and God are one. God is in you. You're his son. This is God-like. This is to be like God. Here's how. You're his. God is in you. You're his son or his daughter. Makes you, you're ready for this? Buckling your seatbelt. Makes you a Messiah for him. Whew. Makes you a Messiah for him. The anointed word living out through you. Oh my. I read that. I was like, wow. Makes me a Messiah for him. That is not skim milk, as Butter Brandon would say. No, sir, at all. But that's his word. And as you build up, as you are First Second Timothy 1, that is exactly who you are. Not just some willy-nilly Laodicean, half-baked, mess, somewhat message-believing, go through our easy-day life. I said, Lord, help us. Help us, Brother Murphy. I, our brothers are going through different times. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is what we are attaining to. This is what God wants to dwell in. He wants to dwell in a God-like temple. Lord, help us be that perfect through Christ. Brotherly kindness. Sixthly, he says, adding to your godliness, brotherly kindness. He says, all right, we get to that. Put yourself in his place on the matter, he says. Okay, so he's talking about a situation. You put yourself in their place on, on a matter. Now you say, well, my brother sinned against me, said Peter. Shall I forgive him? He said, seven times a day is what Brother Brown says, 70 times seven. Amen. And I was saying, you know, on top of godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness. I said, well, forgiveness. Isn't that the epitome of Christ? Because he came and hung on a cross and forgave mankind and gave his blood to save man. That's the epitome. That's brotherly kindness. Brother Brown is saying, add brotherly kindness. My brother sinned against me. And here the king of glory, the world had sinned and was cursed. And he hung there and forgave man. As they railed at him, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's brotherly kindness. I said, Lord, we need that. Someone says something, I forgive you. You don't get riled up. They don't, they're not pulling your beard out. They're not doing these things. Indeed. He hung on a cross and he forgave the world. Lord, forgive him. I said, is that not just the pinnacle? The pinnacle coming into the top of that stature of a perfect man. Musicians, you can come as we close here on the capstone. Love, Christ himself, perfect love. And I know, like you say, like I said, we have this typing of the ages and we have God, but Abraham says as God has built his, built his church. He's built his bride up through the ages. He's also building the individual. He uses the same, same way, the same structure to build a temple, a bride to dwell in, a church to dwell in, and an individual to dwell in. And that last piece, when you can come up through that, the capstone, the headstone, is Jesus Christ himself. Perfect love now comes and dwells inside. Isn't that not beautiful? The fullness of the word, the peak. His church has been built and a temple. I say, what house? What house are you building for Christ to dwell in? 
He wants a house with stones fit together, that pyramid that Brother Bram talks about. We know that's in, in Egypt. He said those stones are just so put together. Amen. And that's what God is, does when you surrender to him and he starts to build this temple for him to come into. Each stone is perfectly laid and perfectly placed. Amen. He says, but now as she begins to heap to the top, each one of these stones coming from Luther, Methodist, Pentecost, the church, he, we will have to get in such a place till the real headstone comes and it'll fit right joint by joint with it. Like I said last night on the covenant is what he, he was preaching. He said that capstone that was rejected, the head Christ will come. Amen. He said they're waiting for the headstone, which is love. God is love and he controls. He is the strength of every one of these things. Amen. The Holy Spirit, above all welding, he says this together, building what? A perfect church for the capstone to come and cap it off. That's what we need. So, Lord, what house? What house are we building you? As we went through the scripture and I just pondered through these different things. Lord, if we lack these things, if we lack these things, I want to ask you, you go back in your life and you go back to your foundation. You say, Lord, is my foundation right? Is it, is it anchored in you? Have I been on shifting sands and shaking sands? Am I now seeing my house completely teetered off to the side because my foundation was not in Christ? And now I'm seeing it through these shaking times. I'm seeing it now through all these difficult aspects of life. And now I can see my whole house. It's crumbling. It's crumbling. Or maybe did the construction stop? Maybe you just, you went off and you left them and you had an experience somewhere and now you're, you're halfway. There's nothing there. But Bradham, I'll read you, read you a quote at the very beginning if I can find it here. I just really smote me. I just can't find it exactly, but he talks about, he says, that's why he says, if we don't start the foundation right, he goes, I want to show you how God can dwell in his people, how that structure is built. And he says, what people do is they try to do Christ's works before reflecting Christ, before getting him inside you and reflecting him through your life. They're wanting to get out there and, and do Christ's works. He says, that's why ministers and Christians are piled up on the side of the road. I said, Lord, I help us. We don't want to be a wreck on the road. We don't want to be a Christian piled up because we didn't know. We weren't instructed. We didn't, we didn't know how to build this temple. And we've talked about it and we've heard about it all these years. How we can be like Christ and how we can emanate his life and how we can reflect through us. But we're sitting short and we're just sitting at faith. And maybe we've added one and, and we've crumbled off. And we're not in a place where he can actually come and dwell in us. And Satan maybe just... Feeding you a little enough where you're not willing to actually get down and say, is my life exactly where it needs to be? Am I a temple? Is my house built that God can dwell in and cap it and seal it with his love? And then you're finished work and he can now go through you and your virtue. The power is going through you. Knowledge of his word. You've got patience for every situation. You're holding on to your faith. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You're anchored. You've got patience. You've got temperance. You've got brotherly kindness. You are like God and his love comes down. You're forgiving those around you and you are now a dwelling place for God Almighty. And you're walking now in this Laodicean age. Jesus Christ, a Messiah for him now. 
It takes a full surrender. Lord Bram says, last quote. He can display me for I was born to be a dwelling place. He says, when you surrender your complete being, then the Holy Spirit pours through you in these virtues. Then you're a living tabernacle. Then people look out and say, that's a man full of virtue, full of knowledge. He believes the word. They're looking at you. They see it. Say, I'm a Christian. They know you're a Christian because they can see it in your life. Amen. Oh, that's temperance. That's godliness. That's brotherly kindness. Oh my. That's, he's full of love. And you say, oh, there he is walking around a stature that unbelievers can look and say, there is a Christian. I said, Lord, that's what I want everyone to say to me when I walk down the street. So that's Christian. I don't want a title. I don't want just a title. I want to be it. I want to be it. I want to be Second Timothy to Peter one. Oh, who knows what they're talking about? Man or woman that knows what they're talking about? You never seen a kinder, sweeter, godlier person. You're sealed. He says sealed shows on both sides. Whether you're coming or whether you're going, you see the seal just the same. When a man or woman possesses this, then the capstone comes down and seals him in the kingdom of God, which is the Holy Ghost. I just say tonight, I say, what house are you building him? We've played church too long. I know, I know there's many anchored saints that are listening. So I'm not, I'm not speaking per se to yourself and I'm just speaking to maybe just one. When I stood in the platform and at camp, Brother Ron Spencer said to me, I said, I'll do it for just one. I'll stand behind this pulpit or any pulpit for just one soul. And it might be now, it might have passed already. And so I'll keep doing what I'm doing in his service for one soul. You can get on your knees. You can all bow your heads. We're going to have a word of prayer. You make an altar at your home. This is church. You got nowhere to go. You got no drive. And you might have work in the morning, but this is worth more than just a couple dollars you're going to make tomorrow at work. Because if we miss this, you miss it all. And I'm preaching to myself just as much as to you. And I said, Lord, if I needed to, I'll stand at the altar myself first. And I'll do that for you. Because it starts with me. And then we'll go to you. You pray. And I pray. And we all pray together. Amen. You get on your knees. I'm going to pray here. You that's in this building, you pray. And we said, Lord, we want to be a temple that you can dwell in tonight. And we're done with anything that the world has around us. And we want to be anchored in Christ alone. You pray. And I pray. These are awkward times, Lord. But Lord, we're searching out for a soul that is lost. Lord, I read your scripture today as we needed to add these attributes of Christ. I said, oh God, have I fallen short here? I want you to work through my life 
in such a powerful way. Lord, I'm not satisfied with just reading. I'm not satisfied with just going to church. Lord, I want to see the power of God through the body, oh God. And I know you are. But we have needs, oh God. And if there's one thing that is hindering, Lord, we're backbiting, if we're talking, if we're being, Lord, wrong and, and speaking out of turn and we're not tempered, Lord, and we're hindering a miracle, oh God, it's worth sitting here. It's worth kneeling here so that our brother Ron can be healed, so our brothers can be delivered from prison, oh God. It's worth it, Lord, just for that. Oh God, that we can kneel here. I pray tonight you take each one of their home. I pray, Lord, that they're also pouring their their heart out before you, oh God. As we kneel here before you in full and complete surrender. That you, Lord, can work mighty works through them. May you be a personal God to them, I pray, Lord. And Lord, we will go forth from here. And your scripture says... Signs will follow your word. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, if you're pleased with your word, you will come forth, Lord, and back that up, Lord, within your people. And Lord, your mighty name will be glorified through their lives, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Let's see. For I was born. A dwelling place, Lord. Dwelling place. A home, Lord. A presence, Lord, of the Lord. Of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let my life, Lord Jesus. Oh, let my life now.
sing, I surrender all. Oh, all to Jesus, I surrender all to Him, my sing that brother Ben brother Nathan pass me on oh gentle savior pass me not oh gentle savior hear my oh Thou art holy, do 
tonight as we've been speaking about you and your word Lord wanting you to mean so much more as we want to open our vessels Lord we want our nothing to hinder you Lord Lord I pray tonight Lord those that at their homes and Lord they'll just linger now a little Lord Lord, just as in the stillness, Lord, may the atmosphere just keep moving. Lord, may there be like a Johnny Waldner. May there be like a Victor Adamora, Lord. And they're just in their little room, Lord, but you've met them at that moment, and they've never been the same again, oh God. Lord, it can happen to one. Lord, it can happen to two. Lord, it can happen one more time tonight, oh God. Meet the needs, Lord. Take a wandering soul. May they're, maybe they're looking at the crumbling pieces of their temple, their house that they've been building and they're trying to pick the pieces, Lord. They need to see to go to the foundation, Lord. They need to go to the anchor. They need to go to Jesus Christ and their faith in you, O oh God, and let you start to fill them, Lord. And then that house will start to build. It's not in our abilities, Lord. It's in you, Lord Jesus. It's in our surrender. Lord, I'm not going to dismiss the people. I'll just let you, Lord, you take complete control. We glorify you tonight, Lord. Maybe just as we go, I'll let 
let the musicians continue to play. Let's just sing, I love him, I love him, as, as we. I love him.